You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey y'all, Karen here. This is a friendly disclaimer that due to a mic issue, you might hear some static in the second half of this episode. We try to minimize it the best we can, and special thanks to friends Leland and Winter for helping out. So, with that said, let the show begin! Galloping gadgeteers, gabbing in gantries. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 202. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your very vocal volcanoes, vomiting volumes of vocabulary. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. I actually want to start the show with something we haven't done in a while. Oh this goodness. is inspired by... We haven't by... done a lot of things in a while, Karen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We had a kind of like a public Q&A on our fan group, our Lobe Trotters, Good Job Brain, Lobe Trotters fan group. Yeah. And listener Stephen Shepard said the following. I love the segments where you try weird foods for the first time. Oh, no. Any, Uh-oh. Any plans to have more of this? Still can't believe you guys ate that gum. <laughs> I remember that gum. That Sometimes was- when I, before I put a gum in my mouth, I'm like, is it going to be that gum again? <laughs> I hope not. So uh, astute longtime listeners know, uh, pretty much early on in Good Job History, uh, Good Job Brain History, we had a, uh, like a 1980s trivia card pack. Yeah. Um, like early trading, 80s. Early 80s, like trading card packs. Yeah. And uh, we opened it for fun and answered yeah. some questions. Little did we know that it came with gum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. It was fun course, to a point. Yeah. They didn't try it like uh, toddlers or something. Yeah, we we're like, well, we room. have to eat it. Oh. And um, I did not. You three actually ate the gum. We did eat the gum. Yeah. It dissolved. It was, like, it was like it was like a mixture of paste and one of those rubber pencil erasers. Yeah. <laughs> really? All of the things that made it gummy had uh, chemical had taste. fallen apart. Yeah. Yeah, collapsed. Yeah. All the binders. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And in the spirit of uh, more listener stuff, so here I have a gift from Carmen and David from Patascala, Ohio. Okay. Um, I took out the wrapper, so no uh-huh. one knows what it is, and I have a, a special treat. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. I almost just ate that before our show. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you put it right um, next to the snacks. <laughs> so here I have uh, these uh, little, they look like... Um, egg corns. <laughs> they, they look like pale, pale little nuggets. Okay, uh-huh. let me and, see. And yeah, I agree. That looks like a pale little nugget. And, and here, I think we should we should uh, uh, okay. start the show by will, trying this. Uh, it, will you tell us anything about this? Um, it is candy. Okay. okay. So it's not a naturally occurring yeah. like seed pod or something. All is right. this slow carb? Can I eat this? <laughs> it's sugar. It's sugar. But you can lick it. Okay. All right. Or spit it out. Okay, here we go. All right. I'm gonna yeah, take my I'm gonna take my mouth away from the microphone yes, for the sake yes, of our listeners, okay. and then I'm gonna put it I'm gonna in. Give me get the closer to the so microphone. Okay. Spit Spitball. Okay. So sweet. Mm. Kind of banana-y. Yeah, a little vanilla-y, little almond-y. I don't know. I think there like might a... be stuffing in the uh, middle. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I see little black dots before I put it in my mouth. Mm. <laughs> well, well, I don't know if that's... <laughs> so far, so far, so good. It has kind of a musky taste. It tastes like onions to me. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. A little bit like onion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little like sweet, sweet onion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that you say it, yeah. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does. Oh, yeah, I'm getting a big head of onion now. <laughs> 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 what a strange, what a strange reaction. I know what it is, obviously. Oh, but... oh, oh. Okay, don't, well, don't spoil it. If you... I think I got it. Okay. Do you guys have a, there's a spitball if you guys want to spit it back out. Hmm. I'm committed at this okay. point. Woo! I'm going to try it one more time. 
It's a strange mix of sweet and savory. Oh, <laughs> like when you bite it, it's real musky. It's like an animal's my, excretion, yeah. like <laughs> musk. Yeah, I think it, I have a, a sensation of, of what my, it is. my best guess is. Yeah. Oh, I smell it now. Oh, yeah. God. It is. Oh, wow. This smells. This smells like the real thing too. Oh, it is. Chris, what's your guess? My guess was garlic. Oh, it's not. Yeah, you know what? It's not onion. It's like garlic now. Yeah, Dana onion or garlic, something. Mm. Colin's gonna spit it yeah, out. Yeah, now it's more garlic. I, I, my guess was sweet onion. It is durian. Oh, you know what? Oh, oh. durian candy. I was oh. I was gonna say that just for the hell of it, and I. But yeah, I've never I've never actually tasted durian. Right. Me. It smells like I've it. I've smelled it. This smells like it. It's sulfury. I think it's where you guys get the garlic and the onion yeah, from. Yeah, the pungent. Yeah. The pungent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not. Oh, oh, okay. It's not. It's not a terrible candy. Wow, this smell. I've oh, had worse strong. candy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dana, <laughs> we've had worse. Candy. <laughs> Thanks, Dana. You don't yeah. like extremely salty black. <laughs> so durian is a Southeast Asian fruit, and it is. Um, you know what? It, it's one of those things that people make fun of because it smells really bad. It's oh, really yeah. self sulfuric, yeah. kind of yeah. rotty taste, yeah. musky, I yeah. guess. Um, mm-hmm. The texture of it, the real texture of the fruit actually is kind of like ice cream. It's very smooth and very mm. creamy. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, it has like a vanilla banana taste, but then yeah. then you have to deal with the scent of the onion. It's, I mean, salt. it's outright banned in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I remember recently it was in yeah. the news. They had to, yes. they had to yeah. uh, evacuate a library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they thought it was like some some chemical. It was agent. rotting durian. Right? Yeah, it yeah, wasn't like, just a durian. It was a rotting durian, oh, yeah. right? Well, there you go, Stephen. We just tried something new, and thanks to our, our listeners from uh, Ohio to, who sent us, yeah, who sent us those those nuggets. Thanks, guys. That was, that Ohio, Ohio, of course, known <laughs> for, for their, their durian high production. quality. Yeah, yeah, the 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 durian heartland. Well, I've got a uh, I've got a extremely good job brain story that I just I had to at least bring up on the show. You guys probably saw it. It was it was all over Facebook a few weeks ago. Uh, it was just all over the internet. I think it got picked up by every major news story. If I say the words seagull and pepperoni, uh, are you guys familiar with this no, story? I am actually not. Oh, I missed it. All right, I'm I'm glad at least one of you guys did not hear the story. So hopefully that means somewhere one of our listeners, or maybe you're listening to the show seven years from now, and you will hear the story right. for the first right. time. <laughs> this is a fantastic. This is truly a good job brain story. So this happened in Canada. Uh, so I figured uh, I'm going to quote uh, liberally here from a CBC article about the story. The headline is. How Seagull's Pepperoni Got Dartmouth Men Banned from Posh BC Hotel. That's a British Columbia. So the Fairmont Empress Hotel in Victoria had a 17-year-long ban against a man named Nick Burchill. And he posted on Facebook his, his lengthy, hilarious uh, true story that he wrote a letter to the hotel basically asking to, for the ban to be lifted. He's like, I think I've done my time. Can you please let me back in? So I can stay at the hotel. So I can stay at the hotel again. Here again, quoting from the CBC article. The Fairmont Empress has lifted its ban against Nick Burchill 17 years after Whoa. dozens of seagulls trashed the man's hotel room while feasting on enough pepperoni to fill his suitcase. What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so this is from his uh, letter on Facebook. Um, he, uh, I told my Navy buddies I was coming out west, and I was asked to bring Brothers Pepperoni, Brothers brand pepperoni from Halifax. It is a local delicacy. 
because this was the Navy we were talking about, I brought enough for a ship. So in a hurry, I had completely filled a suitcase with pepperoni for my friends. Some of it was wrapped in plastic, some in brown paper. I took whatever brothers would sell me. This is the bag that my airline misplaced. <gasps> so he showed up at the hotel. The bag showed up the next day. Now, he knew the pepperoni would be good. I mean, it's a cured yeah, meat, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but he wanted to make sure that it was like at least kind of, you know, a little more presentable. So uh, just to be safe, I decided I should keep it cool. My room was a nice, big, front-facing room on the fourth floor. No. It was well-appointed, but did not have a refrigerator. It was April. The air was chilly. An easy way to keep all of the food cool would be to keep it next to an open window. So he opened a window, laid the pepperoni out, thinking, you know, like a, like a pie. It's going to cool off, you know? On the sill? Yeah, just on the sill, like you do when you got your pepperoni. <laughs> then I went for a walk. For about four or five hours. Wow, that's a long walk. <laughs> you gotta stretch. You gotta stretch your legs. Uh, when I covered enough ground, I returned to the hotel. I remember walking down the hallway, opened the door to my room to find an entire flock of seagulls in my room. <laughs> I didn't have time to count, but there must have been 40 of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they had been in my room eating pepperoni for a long time. In case you were wondering, <laughs> Brothers TNT Pepperoni does nasty things to oh. a seagull's digestive system. <laughs> At, that, like, at this point in the story, like, this is when it becomes like a Mr. Bean episode to me. You know what I mean? Like, I just picture him. Yeah. As you would expect, the room was covered in seagull crap. What I did not realize until then was also that seagulls drool, especially when they eat pepperoni. So, they, I mean, these poor yeah. birds, these right, poor right, birds, right. you know, they, know what they, they, got they thought they hit the jackpot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. So, I'm sure you have an image in your head, going back to Nick's letter here. Now remember that I have just walked into the room and startled all of these birds. <laughs> oh, no. They immediately start flying around and crashing into things as they're desperately tried to leave the room through the small opening that they had entered. So basically, he tars and feathers the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, spit. And then they smash all into it. <laughs> and he scares the, I mean, the he literally scares the crap right, out of them when he comes You gotta figure at least 50 to 60% of those seagulls immediately poop themselves <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. when he walked in the room. Less composed seagulls are attempting to leave through the other closed windows. Oh, <laughs> the result, oh, this God. I think is the, the money quote of, of Nick's letter. Uh, the result was a tornado of seagull excrement, feathers, pepperoni chunks, and fairly large birds. <laughs> whipping around the room so so he opened the other windows to the room like you know well, smart he, he yeah, like went, yeah. He went <laughs> he went in. Through. that's exactly what his letter said I waded through the birds oh, yeah a little God. swim move through the birds opened the remaining windows most of the seagulls left immediately fantastically one tried to re-enter the room to grab another piece of pepperoni <laughs> <laughs> and in my agitated state I took off one of my shoes and threw it at him both the gull and the shoe went out the window. Um. <laughs> now, but he had gotten it down to one seagull left, uh, but he was like chasing it around. It was, you know, didn't want to leave, has a big piece of pepperoni in its mouth. So he grabs a bath towel and basically tackles the seagull. He wraps it in the oh. towel. Whoa. Yeah. And he pitches it out the window. With the towel. With the towel around it. As he says, I'd forgotten that seagulls cannot fly when they are wrapped in a towel. 
Oh, he, no. He said the bird is okay. He said the bird was a little dazed, but was okay. Mm. But of course, he's now thrown a shoe, a towel, and a bird out, out of his the hotel window. window. Right. So people out in front, of course, are watching this, well, like, what the hell like is happening? So let's, let's, let's reiterate here that Nick, Nick is in town on a business trip. Okay. <laughs> so he's got to get ready to go to an event at this point. Oh, okay. No. Um, I was new to my company. I was really hoping to make a good impression. I decided I would carry on for now and just deal with this whole thing later. So he only had one shoe. So he, he went downstairs, got the other shoe, <laughs> got the towel, came back up. He washed off his shoe, uh, and I like like his thinking here. He says, "In retrospect, I should have just wet my other dry shoe instead of drying instead of trying to dry the wet shoe." Mm-hmm. So he plugs in the little hair dryer in the room, drying the shoe, uh, and then the phone rings. So he goes to the other room, and then all of a sudden the power goes off. So it turns out that the hair dryer had wiggled free of the shoe and fell into the sink Same. and blew out the power for the oh. room, possibly some for the whole hotel. So uh, at this point, somebody from the hotel comes up, yeah. right? Uh, and he says, I can still remember the look on the lady's face when she opened the door. I had absolutely no idea what to tell her. So I just said, I'm sorry. And I went, <laughs> and I went to dinner. <laughs> when I came back, my things had been moved to a much smaller room. His company received a letter oh. that he had been banned from the hotel. So this was 18 years ago, wow. almost, you know, when a, a younger, more naive Nick uh, was doing foolish things with pepperoni. So he decided he was back in town. He wrote the hotel a letter to see if they would, you know, either rescind the ban or consider it time served. Uh, and he also gave them a, a big sack of pepperoni. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, they and did. Then- they did lift the ban. They considered his uh, 17-year ban, you know, enough. Uh, it's uh, not his fault. Well, it's you know kind of maybe not fault, directly maybe. his fault yeah so seagulls are seagulls are hungry and aggressive he oh, opened man. The, he left the window open and a bunch of bait out yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was he was like baiting the birds yeah, I mean, yeah that was foolish <laughs> hopefully they have refrigerators in the rooms now so he can keep his pepperoni uh, I like yeah. how he kind of blamed the hotel it's like it didn't have a refrigerator <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah so this this was just one of those and stories what can we learn from uh, this oh Nothing. my goodness Nothing. There is no lesson. Just laughs. Yeah. The Oakland Coliseum, where the A's play, it's funny because it's inland compared to, say, the Giant Stadium, which is right by the water. Mm -hmm. But somehow the Seagulls flock to the (laughs) Oakland Coliseum, Hmm. and they're everywhere. They just just know. They just know. And they're like all over in people's hair. They're not scared. They're not not scared at all. And so the, the, the Coliseum facility was like, we got to address this problem. Oh, we got a great idea. Um, and so they have these, um, these kites that are like big falcons. Oh, so they look like nice. real falcons. Ooh. And then so they attached, they attached two of them to try to scare off the, the seagulls. And they had a naming competition. It's an internet <laughs> like naming kite. competition. And of course, uh, the internet decided. Hawking McHawk face. Uh, Falcon McFalcon face. <laughs> Very good. Um, and they're like, oh, this is gonna, this is gonna be it. Nope. Seagulls not scared. Oh, really? The fake, the fake falcon kites <laughs> that just like kind of fly in one area. Like uh, the seagulls are just. I like how they had a naming competition, and then it's like, oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thank you, Colin, for that wonderful story. Riveting. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Without further ado, let's jump into our first 
general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. And I got a surprise in my random uh, Trivial Pursuit card box draw. We usually have a random card. We keep having kind of the same editions, Uh and I kind of really dug down Uh in the corners. And I got a Trivial Pursuit Totally 80s card. Nice. Something we haven't done i'm excited I'm, yeah. I'm i'm legitimately excited one of I, us was a little more conscious in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a very kind way of calling it old. i like it buzzers at the ready here we go blue wedge for tv what tv show told the tale of a commando unit that was sent to prison by a military court <laughs> for a crime they didn't commit everybody the Next question, Pink Wedge for WC. Mm, world events, maybe? Hmm. What 96-mile-long structure came crashing down in 1989, scattering large chunks all over the world? Oh. Everybody. The, the Berlin, Berlin Wall. Wall. Wow. The Berlin Wall. <laughs> <laughs> We're all trying to match each other's yeah. pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Berlin Wall. Uh, all right, next wedge, yellow. Who did Ronald Reagan ask to lead the team that greeted Iran's former hostages in West Germany? Oh. Hmm. That's a good question. Hmm. Colin. Uh, Nancy Reagan. Oh, no. I don't know. Mr. That's, that's not bad. Chris. Emmanuel Lewis, TV's Webster. <laughs> he was beloved. Uh, yeah, 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 he was. Yeah. He yeah. was. Who would you want to see when you're coming home to think, America? Yeah. You just yeah. want to see Webster. I think yeah. Mr. T. Yeah. And then you feel like protected. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, no. What is, what is it? It is Jimmy Carter. From oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That actually yeah. yeah. Because it was right More at sense it was, than yeah. We thought about yeah. it hard. Next one. Purple Wedge for music. What? Men Without Hats hit was mm-hmm. a musical response to clubs cracking down on mosh pits. Oh, um, oh, oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> yes. uh, Dana. First of all, they only had the one hit. Oh, yeah. Safety dance. Yes. yes. Yeah. A safety yes. dance. I didn't know yeah. that was a response. I didn't know yeah, that was a response. Yeah. Yeah. It was a response to them cracking down on what? Mosh, mosh, mosh pits. Oh, okay. That. Hey, that makes me like the song more. Like, I already like the song, but sure. I'm like, oh, it's about going to a mosh pit if it's you feel like something. it. Yeah. 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 Good. yeah. yeah. It makes more, honestly, it makes more, it makes sense. more sense now. Like, it makes for the first time in my now. life, I'm like, oh, safety dance. Okay. It's, yeah. That's it's, why it's huh. that. Yeah. yeah. Wait, is this the video with the maypole and the yeah. renaissance dancing, thing? Like yep. in a kind yep. of frolicking. Yeah, yeah. Dance, and like yeah. a, like a, like a willow type. I guess, I guess that's the joke. What's the opposite of a mosh pit? Right. Oh my God. Is organized. I understand the song. It so much more. Wow. That was okay. This is a great card. That's a good I, card. I, I, yeah. yeah. That was valuable. All right. Lime green wedge because it's 80s, <laughs> not green. Lime green for movies. <laughs> what film stars Woody Allen as a talent agent who represents dead end acts like piano plinking birds and balloon folders? Hmm. Colin. Uh, is that uh, Broadway Danny Rose? Correct. Yeah. Never okay. heard of him. <laughs> He's made a lot of movies. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Last question Sports and Leisure. Orange Wedge, who was the first runner to hold simultaneous U.S. records for all distances from 800 to 10,000 meters? Oh, 800 to 10,000. Oh, okay. Well. I'm guessing. Flojo? Incorrect. I mean, it's 80s, but I mean, Carl Lewis? Incorrect. I don't think he wrote, ran the long distances. It so is a woman. Okay, all yeah. right. Can we narrow it down? I don't uh, know. This so it's not 
And it was too early for Jackie Joyner Kersey, right? Well, you yeah. might as well just say it. Jackie Joyner Kersey? No. Okay. Oh, who is it? Who is Mary it? Decker Slipper. Oh, okay. okay. I know the name. I definitely know her name. Not yeah. In Not bowl. in the punch bowl. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I know the name from the 80s. Mary Decker yeah. Slaney. Okay. All right. All right. Good job, Reigns. Totally job. 80s. Job. Yeah. Rad job. That was a good one. That was a good card. Oh. Well, Karen, this week uh, we're going to be talking about testing. Yeah, you exams. suggested it. I did. I, I suggested this one. Uh, so, as listeners of at least the last couple episodes know, I have a new baby girl at home. Yeah. Uh, I had the idea for this one when we were in the hospital, and you know, immediately after babies are born, as I know you guys know, Chris and Dana having yeah. gone through this as well, they administer a, a series of tests to the baby. You know, just yeah. they have the reflexes and just basic, oh, you know, man. yeah, here just the uh, Apgar scores and things like that so okay. I was thinking like oh it's interesting like we just we come into this world being tested you know it's like she's <laughs> oh, she's man. she's not even 10 minutes old yet and she's already having her first test and I was just thinking like oh man we haven't talked about testing in general that's just a, as a broad category that's a very enlightening and depressing way of seeing <laughs> Seeing that we're born yeah. <laughs> into a world of testing. And then I was thinking back to, on the far other end of the scale, how happy that I was the day I took my final, final college exam. I was just I was walking around campus. I felt so light that yeah. day. You know I, what I mean? That is such an important day in memory in my life. Oh, yeah. Because I... <laughs> when Colin took his last <laughs> exam, eighth grade. <laughs> yes, I remember that moment. I was like, I never have to do this ever again right. in yeah. my life. That's right. And now what do you do? It's just <laughs> trivia all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So this week, don't panic. This is only a test. The test begins. Thought I was smart. I thought I was right. I thought it better not to fight. I thought there was a virtue in always being the dude. But then it came. All right, I'll kick it off. I have a general uh, subject quiz about tests just to warm you up and get you get you in the mood. All right, this is a buzzing question. Buzzers ready. Um, first question. Which staple of standardized testing takes its color from a famous diamond? Whoa. It takes its color. Yeah. It takes its color. Chris. Is it the pencil? The pencil. The pencil. Oh, okay. They are, why, why are they pencils? yellow? Yeah. Why are they oh, yellow? Yeah, I think we talked about this, right? It's like the 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 the, the Kohinoor diamond. The Kohinoor yes. diamond is a famous yes. yellow diamond. Mm-hmm. And um, before uh, this company, LNC Hardmuth Company, um, introduced like some really fancy top of the line pencils, and they wanted to signify that they were like. Oh, the best pencil. So yeah. they made them yellow, and they called them the Kohinoor pencil. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, "Oh, these are." It's a good idea to make pencils yellow. Ours are also fancy. <laughs> and so, like all, all yeah. pencils became like yellow. That's why they're yellow. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. It's because of a diamond. Yeah, How, marketing. Too marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Too, yeah the, actually, can I can I interrupt with a cool related story? Yes. So uh, yesterday I went to uh, Chris's your old neighborhood, uh, uh, Dynamo Donuts. It's a it's a famous donut shop in in San Francisco, and I'm eating donuts. Of course, what am I doing? I'm reading about donuts on Wikipedia. <laughs> sure. The the pastry pink boxes is kind of yeah, you know, yeah. everybody oh, yeah. uses yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a reason why they're pink. <gasps> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, it's so this is mostly due to Cambodia. 
which is oh, very yeah, it's, it's huh. very interesting. So refugees of the Cambodian genocide moved to Southern California and they started bakeries and okay. the donut industry, you know, having like coffee, like oh. very simple diners. They're so good that at one point, like almost all the donut shops are owned by by Cambodians. Nice. And so what they wanted was they wanted boxes for donuts to be a red color because that's the, the auspicious good luck color. They realized that the leftover pink stock of cardboard boxes is the cheapest. <laughs> And so they're like, this will go. Close enough. Yeah. And because they're in LA and it became a thing, it's like in movies and in TV that people adopted the pink boxes. And it's like. You latch on to the market leader. And now it's like, (laughs) now all pencils of that type is yellow. Right. Exactly. Next question. Which PBS show is tied with Cook's Illustrated and Cook's Country Magazines? Which PBS PBS show is like affiliated with those? Karen. Is this America's Test Kitchen? Yes, yes. it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the nerdiest cooking show on TV. It's super nerdy. Really? Yeah. It's <laughs> so Because good. it's everything is, okay, how do you make macaroni and cheese? Yeah. Well, we made 25 different macaroni yeah. and cheese recipes, and then this is the best this one. Is the best one. Yeah. This is the best one. This is the best one pulled through, you know, from mm. all of the different... Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. You need to heat it at this temperature for this long, and then right. when you put your thermometer, it should be this number, <laughs> and then pull it out, and it's exactly that number, and then they're like, and then you do this and you stir it six times. <laughs> and then you're like, and it's like, oh my God, you know the answer the to data. The, it's not art, it's a science. It's so good. <laughs> okay, next question. Which test was invented in 1921 by a Swiss psychiatrist? Mm, Karen. The Rorschach mm-hmm. test. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know if it was called the ink blot test. Or That's Rorschach the other test. name. For oh, okay. It. But it was invented Official. by a Swiss Mr. Rorschach Korean doctor. Rorschach. That's Doctor Rorschach to you. Ambiguous design tests, and those have been around for a long time. Like Da Vinci and Botticelli did some of those, where they're like, "What do you think when you see this mm. ambiguous picture?" But he used it for to get insights into people's psychology. He published a book about it. It came out. He was thirty six when he published Whoa. the book. The next year, when he was 37, he died. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't know that. He, like, made a huge splash, a huge wave, a thing that we still talk about today. A huge plot. Huh. And then the next year, he died. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, that's it was, sad. It was yeah. sad. It was crazy. All right. Which widely recognized personality test was created by a mother-daughter duo? <laughs> Karen. That is the Myers... Brig or big Briggs. Briggs. <laughs> Myers Briggs. Type yeah. indicator. Yes. Yeah. Ah. I was really into that for a while. Yeah. Which, it's like the one where you can be separated into like 16 personality yeah, types. Your four right, letters. Right, yeah. That, yeah. that was another one of the tests we took in the testing metrics. Do you class. guys know yeah. your own? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. No. I, I, I had it. I did it once in college, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's yours? Do you know? I am INTP. Introversion, intuition, thinking, and perception. Hmm. Yeah. I believe it's called the logician. I might be mm-hmm. that, that 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 sounds That's, very similar. That might be all of us. Yeah. 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 Whatever whatever the, the J best J one is, I was the best yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> like, Instead one. of P, yeah. I'm a J. Judging? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I make a decision based on the I information. Think, I think Chris, <laughs> would be, Chris would be extrovert. Mm. He's like, no. Although you know what they say that they say a lot about a lot of introverts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, it's true. So this was really interesting. It was created by Catherine Cook Briggs and Isabel Briggs Myers. Her, hmm. That was her daughter. 
Neither of them were formally educated in psychology. They just got really into judging people (laughs) 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 by by their personalities. Like they were. (laughs) Catherine Cook Briggs was like, my son-in-law has a real interesting personality, and she's like, oh, I guess people have different kind of ways of being. And then she got into typography, and she did all this apprenticeship. She did a lot of like her own research. And especially when Jung, 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 I'm sorry, (laughs) Jung came out, she was really into Ah. it and like Hmm. read it and came up with this Hmm. typography Uh and her daughter was into it. Her daughter wrote a mystery novel based on the typography and it won best mystery novel of the year that year. I thought that was cool. And then um, they thought the personality tests could be used to help women entering the workforce during World War II figure out like who they are as people, what kind of job they should see. (laughs) Yeah. I had no idea it was a mother-daughter team. I did either. not know that. I, I personally know. like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle personality type. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that's how I... I <laughs> Just mean, the four. No, I, I'm, I'm actually a, a big proponent. I think, like, a good team would have each of their personalities. Oh, Which I one see. are you? Oh, I'm Mikey. Yeah, that's what I'm like Angelo. I've thought about us. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she's like, oh, I'm not joking, Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. All right, so who are I, we? I have a guess yeah. of who, so who I am. Chris is Raphael. Yeah. I feel like you're Donatello. Dana, that was my guess. Yeah. And then Colin is Leonardo. Okay. Huh. All right. Or, I mean, maybe me and Chris can swap too. And he's Michelangelo. I'm yeah. Raphael. I can see that. But I like Am pizza. I cool so, but rude or am I a party, party dude? Party dude. Yeah. <laughs> not sure. But importantly, you would not assemble a team of people who did not all like pizza. Yeah. Um, That's true. Ninja skills. Use deadly weaponry. Yep. Yep. And did not have genetic mutations. <laughs> Pizza, slang, yeah. and disrespect for authority. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we could apply the Sex in the City character lens. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, true. Yeah. Except we're, we're all like Charlotte's and Miranda's. <laughs> we're all Miranda's. We need a, like a, Luckily, co- a it, combined it, personality score that combines like, yeah, your Sex in the City with your Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> with Turtle. Your Hogwarts house. With your Hogwarts house. With yeah. Jedi or mm-hmm. Sith. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what does the President's Challenge test Oh, oh, Colin. I did this. Uh, that is physical fitness, yes. Physical fitness. It's for kids. It's for I remember, I, I, I don't fondly remember, but I remember the flexed arm hang. Oh, that was my yeah. least oh, favorite part of presidential fitness. I'm like, that. when in my life, like, am I going to need to flexed arm hang? But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember I would that actually one. like to take this time to, quite frankly, just apologize to President Clinton uh, for failing this challenge. Oh, I have a follow-up question on this. Which U.S. president renamed the President's Council on Physical Fitness, the people who administer the um, the President's Challenge? They renamed it from the Council on Physical Fitness and Sports to the President's Council on Fitness, Sports, and Nutrition. nutrition. Colin. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Yeah, the nutrition part, yeah. Michelle, Michelle Obama. Obama's cause was nutrition and trying mm-hmm. to el- eliminate childhood mm-hmm. obesity. So. Mm-hmm. And then the last question, which I feel like is such a pub quiz question, and I, I wanted to make sure we all agree and know the answer to this one. Oh, okay. It is, where was the first atomic bomb tested? Ooh, ooh. Doesn't it feel like a thing? Oh, you should just first know one this. First one. Yeah. Colin. What uh, state? Uh, New Mexico. New Mexico. Oh, the okay. Alamogordo. I was gonna say Alamogordo. What was yeah. what was the obvious answer? I mean, it could have been Bikini Atoll because mm-hmm. SpongeBob. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because of SpongeBob. <laughs> they did, and, and also Nevada. They did. Yeah, it in Nevada. I was gonna guess yeah. Nevada. Part of the Manhattan Project. Mm-hmm. It was called um, the code name for it was Trinity. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were the three things? There were no three things. Oh, it doesn't. Uh, they, like I don't, they were just into oh, it. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, Oppenheimer was like, it's pro- 
Project Trinity. <laughs> that sounds pretty badass, you it have does. to admit. I think yeah. it was Gizmo was the original or something like that. It was like a cute name, and I was like, oh, what a cute name. And then he's like, it's Trinity. Yeah. Anyway, good job, you guys. You passed the test. Wow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Dana, you mentioned, you know, using pencils on standardized tests. But, of course, you understand that you cannot simply use any pencil (laughs) on a standardized test. Oh, no. You have to use a number two pencil (laughs) on that standardized (laughs) test at severe penalty. Oh, yeah. You're going to fail. Who knows? You're going to fail. You're going to get scored a zero. You use a number one pencil or a number three yeah. pencil, you're, you're, you're not getting into college. Yeah. Um. Your, hand, your, your hand is falling off. <laughs> this was always a question. In fact, I mean, I actually, we had, um, we, we had acquired some pencils at a garage sale or something like this. We had this big box of pencils when I was a kid, and they were 2.5 yeah. of like Honda Roga oh. pencils. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. And I really. They were garbage. Wondered. <laughs> yeah. Useless. Yeah. And I wondered what the, what the difference was. Um, now I'm doing, so I, I think that probably at least Karen and Colin are going to do a really good job of pretending to not know about the pencil grading system here because, mm. I mean, they're literally both graphic designers. They've got architecture background. Just pretend you guys don't Okay. Know. What is a number two pencil? What makes a number two pencil so special? What happens if you use a number three pencil? How many numbers are there? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where are all the numbers? What is a number two pencil? First of all, we call it the inside of the pencil, a thing you actually write with. We call it lead. Mm-hmm. It's not really lead. Right. What is it? Graphite, which is a type of coal, basically. The lead in the pencil is a, is generally a mix of graphite and clay. Mm. Uh, oh. So they powder mm. the graphite and then they put it with clay. Now, it used to just mm-hmm. be just like straight up just graphite. Depending on how much clay you put in there, a couple of things will happen. More graphite, less clay. The lead's going to be softer, which means that you're going to be able to get more graphite down onto the page more easily. Uh, And you're going to be able to put a lot more blackness on the page. As the lead gets harder, more clay in there and less graphite, it doesn't go onto the page as easily, which means that you're going to be you're going to be able to use that to do things that are less black, more gray. So, none of this answers the question. Well, we're sort of getting towards the answer. Of, number two is a nice middle ground, basically. It's not, it's not super soft. And because if it, oh, hey, it, it might be nice to use a soft pencil because then, you know, you don't really have to write as much to get a nice black line on the, mm-hmm. on the page, right? But when the light is really soft, it's going to break a lot and, mm. and it's going to smudge, smudge a lot. Yeah. Like if you get your hand in there, you're going to just smudge it everywhere. Whereas number three pencil, harder lead, great, but it's a lot harder to make a black mark uh. on the paper. Now, there is no like industry wide really? standard for mm. what a number two is. In other countries, <laughs> they, they rate it on a scale of B's and H's and things like that, like hardness or blackness. Right. Um, right. And sometimes you have, you know, a 2B or a 2H. You know, I mean, it's, it's, but a number two pencil is, it's not super soft. It will smudge. But well, it won't smudge that much. And the one, also, one is softer. Yes, right? the one yeah. is softer and the three is harder. 
I have so many burning questions. IBM <laughs> answers. Okay. So first of all, is the Scantron scanning all these pencil marks in the test? Would it pick up anything but number two? So we have I, to go back to uh, the earliest Scantron. Machines, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 So the earliest Scantron machines. Um, and that, that's the machine that once you fill in all the little bubbles on the test, it, it reads the little bubbles. Yeah. The way that they worked was like this. They would shine a bright light against the back of the paper. Oh. And then the optical device could see where, basically it was seeing where oh. light wasn't getting shown into it. The number one pencil would have filled it in. Right, that would have worked. Smudging would have been bad. Yeah. The number three pencil, on the other hand, with the earliest Scantron machines, the the mark that it would make when you're filling it in would be too light, Ah. and the light would shine through it. A black pen, the light would shine through it. The black pen was not opaque enough when you put down the paint. That's why you can't use a pen. Because it's translucent. Right. Got it. The number two pencil, by depositing, I mean, because it's depositing bits of graphite, that refracts the light. It physically blocks the light. Exactly. So it's not, it's not shining through the ink. It, 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 there's so many little bits that it just scatters all the light and it doesn't let it through. That's why the number two pencil. I knew that like a one would work. Yeah, like yeah. technically, then you yep. smudge it yeah. across. Three, but I, I didn't there, quite know why. Yeah, yeah. You'd really have to sit there coloring really hard with the with the uh, three to get it. Get it well, now the pen thing makes so yeah, much sense. Yeah, I, I never thought about the pen. Is clear. Yeah. Yep. And if you have yep. the number three, you fill it in. It's like you just it creates like a little bowl. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's like you just so, it doesn't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Today's machines, by the way, are much higher tech. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do not shine light through the thing anymore. In fact, if you're using a double sided sheet, you know what I mean, that where you're filling in bubbles on both sides. Oh, right. You're no longer using oh, that that's technology. True. That's true. So I mean, we're all done with tests, but you know, except for these self imposed ones that we do on the show. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of our listeners, you know, probably have a lot of tests ahead of them. Uh, you know, when when the SAT comes around or a standardized test like that, yeah. um, especially if it's your first time ever in that environment of like, you know, taking the SAT, do a practice test. And do that practice test filling in the little bubbles with a wooden number two pencil because that's what you're going to be doing in the real test. Mm. You're going to freak out a little bit more if you've never practiced it before. So don't just take a practice test and, like, do some questions and look at it. Like, literally, like, you know, sit in a quiet room, have somebody time you, have the same kind of pencil, mm-hmm. um, and and practice it as, as close to a real test as you can so that you learn a little bit more about how the test works. And then also you're you're just a lot less freaked out. When- <laughs> I, I have a piece of trivia about the SAT. It is no longer the number one college entrance exam. Really? Oh, the really? ACT is, is more. Finally passed it? Yeah. And is what? Two- people take, take, take it more? Yeah, a lot more. Hmm. Yeah, on the incline since... 2012, something oh, like that. Interesting. Yeah, I was I was gonna do a um, I was gonna do a oh I'm gonna uh, look at a verbal uh, SAT and I'll pull out some of the, oh, questions. the questions. But I looked at a sample verbal SAT and um, now there are no free floating questions anymore. Hmm. It is all everything in the verbal SAT. Well, there's the essay section, obviously, but then also there is literally they give you a passage. It's like an edit test. It's literally what uh, my job huh. is. Because they give you a passage and then they go, they underline certain sections of that passage. Mm-hmm. And like, it'll say this sentence should a stay where it is. 
B, moved up into paragraph one. C, should be moved into paragraph two. And then it's also like, this sentence should be deleted or not deleted. Yes, because it doesn't explain the rest of the, it doesn't fit with the rest of the paragraph. No, because it's an important transition between this idea wow. and that idea. That's really and then other things are like, um, it just underlines like a phrase and it's like, maybe it'll be a possessive or a plural and it'll say, oh, this should have an apostrophe or not have an apostrophe. Okay. And then one of them is don't change it. It is all applied work. That's actually helpful. I, mean, I got so into it. I was like, SAT is cool. Piggybacking on your um on your pencil segment, you guys know and listeners know that I attended the American Crossword Puzzle Tournament. Yes. Oh, the man. New York Times Crossword Puzzle Tournament uh, held in Connecticut. It is super hardcore and intense. We went with our friend Tyler Hinman, who's the, the past champion of five-time champion before and people were so nice people are so <laughs> jazzed <laughs> just to yeah. meet and to talk to you know they're yep. just so nice i met i met will shorts you know yeah. the puzzle master and i just everybody's super warm i feel like you're leaving out a real important piece of your story oh, so yeah. before the tournament i had to practice because i do the new york times crossword on the app on my phone okay so i'm oh, you know so yeah. i am by speed faster mm-hmm. than someone who would mm-hmm. write it or play Mm -hmm, and not play mm -hmm. but like you know fill it in in the newspaper because i'm using my thumbs everything's kind of automated i can go to the next clue Mm -hmm. and i can see the clue right below the puzzle and it is so different to do it the original paper manual (laughs) way because you have all your clues on one side and you have to like keep track where you're looking Mm -hmm. and then you have to write and I completely forgot how long it takes to write because I don't really write that much. You know, I don't, you yeah. know, everything's yeah. tight. Yeah. 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 And so I was just yeah. like, my handwriting is bad. And I have to think about <laughs> Then I had to get, yep, yep, then yep. I guess strategic. I forgot how to make an L. Yeah. I goodness. It looks like a C. <laughs> yeah. And I had to, not me, but like the group suggested that you better practice and find out what pencil you like. That's and a good I was idea. like, I didn't yeah. even think yeah. about right. that. Wow. Even yeah. just things like, like your hand cramping or, yes. you know, a comfortable so grip. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go for, you know, hardcore, intense, like high, high tech mechanical pencil. Oh, but what lead is 0.5 or 0.7? Yeah. And you know, I'm trying it out. And then, you know what? At the, at the end of the day, number two, oh, yeah. three. Classic. We're just used the classic. To it. Yeah. yeah. I just, it felt good in my hand. <laughs> it was weighty. It's a reason um, it's a classic. But no, you're, Smell, you're still living out there. like oh, one of the most important parts oh, of the story. One of the most important thing is yeah. I came in almost last place uh, out of everybody. No, that's that's a, that is not what I mean. <laughs> but though I didn't do, I'm pretty good at crosswords. These are, these people are, are geniuses, right? And I'm probably, I'm at the bottom like 50 uh, of, of the people. But I did win on style because I, uh, I, I showed up. Dressed as a big number two pencil, yeah, <laughs> with the yellow and then the the pink eraser on top. Yeah. A lot of people wore like crazy crossword dresses and suits and stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe more people will like dress up. <laughs> nope, just me. Just showed up, and then um, I got onto the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. there's a picture of like the silent room of just all these competitors <laughs> in a row with their little paper gates, and you just see my big eraser head like pop up. There's Karen. <laughs> I know, like, good old standard number two. Did you have to take a test to get into it? No, you don't. Oh, you just go off. It's not going to be. Turns out they don't need to have a weed out. <laughs> they don't. Life okay. is its own weed out. They, yeah. Crossword right. puzzle. Tournament. They really don't. I really want to go. And it is 
it is difficult. I described it as I'm on the JV high school swimming team and I'm competing at the Olympics. Like against Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's what it, yeah. it yeah. feels like. Yeah. like. I'm good. Normally. And you're better than the general population. Yeah, 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 yeah but I'm I'm not at Sometimes the underdog pops out though. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they, Sometimes they do. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids. And for parents, try three new brainy chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right. Speaking of tests, I have a quick quiz. Uh, we talked about the SATs. We talked about Myers-Briggs, which uh, were in my quiz. And so I don't have to ask those questions anymore. But, uh, but, you know, we're born, as you said, Colin, being tested. And so here I have tests that are commonly known by their abbreviations or acronyms, shorthands. And I'm going to ask you what the full name stands for. Okay. okay. For example, you know, these, these have I, come up for, for sure. This has come up in trivia. Yeah. And I remember once at uh, Soma Street Food when we had trivia, we met two Canadian doctors. Yes. Uh, who joined our, <laughs> our, our listeners and they're in town and then they're on our team. And then there was the question of what does the MCAT stand for? And I think and ironically, we got it wrong. No, I think we got it right. <laughs> Dude, okay. Think, all right. It's a better story. Sure. Yeah. And for this quiz, buzz in uh, with your answer. Maybe you want to test how healthy your heart is and you might get an EKG. What is an EKG? What does it stand for? Uh, Chris. Electrocardiogram. Electrocardiogram or graphy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. EKG or ECG. Hmm. But so, the, K, the K is intentional. It's not like they forgot how to spell it. Yeah, yeah, Electrocardiogram. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, just too know. embarrassed to say anything. <laughs> so no one tell them. It's actually a C. Um, if you are a lady, this is very important, and you might have to get a pap smear or a pap test. What is pap short for? Oh. Oh. Dana. Mm. Oh, no. No, 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 no. This is a kind of a um, You said short for. Question. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought you meant like it was abbreviated. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be an acronym, but. Papilloma? That's what a lot of people think. Of, <gasps> it is Pelvic. named after the Greek doctor, Georgios Papa Nicolau. So the official name of the pap smear test is, is Papa, Papa Nicolau test, wow. abbreviated as a pap test. I wow. did not know so that. Because like, people might think, like, oh, human papilloma virus, something. Yeah. is nothing to do with that. I thought it was, it was maybe pelvic... Oh, sure. Ambulatory, I don't know, yeah. assessment, huh. yeah. procedure. Yeah. Papanicolo. Papanicolo. Yeah, pop. Why do you think they abbreviated it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Papanicolo. Mm -hmm. All right. And so maybe you're going to get some x-rays taken to see, uh, to test uh, how healthy your body is. You might get a CT scan. What does CT stand for? A CT, not a CAT. It's the same. I think it's, I think it might be the same thing. Oh. Yeah. Well, I know a CT, it's a, CAT is computerized axial tomography, yes? Tomography is a... So maybe this is the same C and T? Yes, you're correct. Oh, okay. All right. It is a computed tomography. Yes, not topography. Not topography, as right. a lot of people mistaken. Tomography is a cross-section 
and topography oh. has, uh, you know, the kind of elevation. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that is the difference, and it's X-ray. Okay. Uh, not to be confused with another uh, test called the MRI. Yeah. Also oh. to image parts of your body. What does MRI stand for? Dana. Magnetic resonance imaging. Correct. Yeah. You are correct. What does the IQ test stand for? What does IQ stand oh. for? Call it. Uh, that is intelligence quotient. Correct. Yeah. It is a developed by a German psychologist. And at first, it's actually one word. Intelligence quotient. Oh, uh, in German. Oh, yeah, German. in German. Ah. They, they love, love smash yeah, words. They're very yeah. efficient. They just yeah. call it the eye test there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's confusing. <laughs> Let's talk about some academic tests. What does GRE test stand for? This is the test mm. that you uh, take for your high school uh, that Diploma. is the that is the graduate record exam. Correct, graduate oh. record exam. Yeah. That is readiness exam. That would have been my oh. guess. Yeah, mm. graduate ready. If you're yeah. ready for it. If you are a foreigner, you might have to take the TOEFL, mm. like oh. I did. What does TOEFL <laughs> yeah. stand for? Chris, test of English as a foreign language. Correct. Yeah. Correct. What does the GMAT stand for? Oh, so we gotta take the GMAT. Yeah. <laughs> Now, this is for medical school, right? I guess you're not going to tell it. No, no, no. GMAT is... No, that's the MCAT. Yeah, what school? Oh, the GMAT is for business school, right? Is it... Man, it's general something aptitude test. Well, sure. Uh, general managerial aptitude test. Oh, so almost general, close for a lot of those words. Yeah. It is for the MBA, of okay. course. Uh, graduate... Management ah. admission ah. test. Oh, okay. so <laughs> makes I, was, sense. I got so, one. Uh, I got one yeah. out of four. The, you got the test. vibe right. The, <laughs> the feeling. The <laughs> so relatedly, you have the LSAT, which is the law school admission test, mm-hmm. MCAT, medical college admission test, PCAT, pharmacy college, uh, uh, VCAT, veterinary college. Okay. So uh, all of them is blank, blank admission test. Okay. okay. All okay. right. Okay. All right. And lastly, we talked about before the SATs. What does SAT stand for now? Oh, now Chris. Well, it used to be Scholastic Aptitude Test. Did, did they change it? Oh, well, what are you guys? Oh. Get, what, I, I, what are you guys guessing? I That's would have guessed, yeah, Scholastic Aptitude Test. But yeah, when you said now, I could see that maybe re-branding. standardized admissions test. Currently, uh-huh. the SATs. Are called the SATs. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. doesn't stand oh, for anything. Really? They that just is, call yeah. it the SAT. It's like test. KFC yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, it's like KFC. Right, it's like right. you know, it's not Kentucky Fried. It's just called huh. KFC. So that is still called Kentucky. Fried originally, <laughs> it was Scholastic Aptitude Test. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then you know they're kind of like this doesn't really determine every aptitude of everything. So then they changed sure. it to Scholastic Assessment Test. Ah. Okay. Uh, then they called it SAT reasoning test when then they kind of got rid of the actual what SAT and T stand for. Now it is the SATs stands for nothing. And we got one last test segment, Colin. So we've a home stretch. Yeah. I'll take us home here. Uh, with one of our old one of our old favorites here that we've talked about on the show, uh, Thomas Edison. Good, oh, good old okay. Thomas Edison. Yeah, I mean, okay. we've we've talked about him a lot, and I think uh, 
the, the most charitable thing, I mean, aside from legitimately, you know, inventing a lot of stuff, yeah. we can, we can, we can <laughs> debate stuff. We can debate what he may have uh, copied or been inspired by other people. We can all agree one thing is that he was a prickly, prickly man, uh. <laughs> and just by all accounts, kind of hard to work with. So we're talking about testing. This is something that I came across uh, a couple years ago, just in my travels on the internet. And I was like, oh man, I love, I just, I love this story. It just seemed really appropriate. So I went and kind of dug it up again. So back in the early 1900s, you know, Edison, I mean, he was huge. I mean, he was like mm. a, a, a national figure, like a, you know, a, an Elon Musk or somebody like that, where it's just, you know, synonymous with just high flying business and, you know, maybe a little crazy at the time. Uh, his company, he got to a point where he was really dissatisfied with the caliber of people he was hiring. Okay. And so, you know, the same way, I I know it's not as much now as it was maybe 10 years ago, but like, remember how it was like, oh, I heard, you know, the Google interview questions or, you know, the Facebook interview questions. I I think logic puzzles. We've talked about these on the show before as they they become almost legendary in terms of like how, eh, not tricky maybe, but how sharp and pointed they can be in terms of getting into how uh, job applicants think. So Edison had uh, kind of a similar program that he came up with. Wow. In the, in the, yeah, as I say. Yeah, so in the the early 1900s and the teens, he decided he was going to put together, all right, this is my hiring exam. Whoa. And it was insane. Absolutely (laughs) insane. I mean, he's, I mean, he's just such a control freak. (laughs) This one's a tribute. And just such a, you know, for, for a man who himself had limited formal education, I mean, obviously a smart guy, this was... The test he put together is is bananas. Um, <laughs> he put together a, a quiz of 146 questions. Wow! <laughs> yeah. That he was to administer to himself. You know, himself. To, yeah. Himself. I mean, I feel like that's the key piece of information about this. It's like a micromanagement <laughs> demonstration or what? Yeah. He does not sound like the kind of guy who would delegate this out and trust other people's. Yeah. To just give somebody sure. a piece of paper to take a right, test. Right. To come, <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah, to come <laughs> into Edison factories and start contributing. What's hilarious to me about this is that even contemporaneously, when word got out that Mr. Edison has put together this insane list of interview questions, <laughs> it became a story unto itself. Yeah. Okay. And people would start, you know, leaking the questions oh and talking about it. And he would be, he became irate when I the questions, it. because he'd have to reformulate <laughs> the control now. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a control freak issue. <laughs> so at one point, actually, the New York Times, the great lady herself, this is, uh, this is an article from 1921. And the New York Times in 1921 published an article about basically the insanity of Thomas Edison's quiz here. So the, the headline is Edison questions stir up a storm. And the subhead <laughs> is victims in quotes, victims wow. of tests say only a walking encyclopedia could answer the questionnaire. <laughs> oh, well. Official list, a secret. <laughs> But man who – this is back in the days when the New York Times would have six headlines oh, before you yeah. get to the actual story, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but man who remembers 141 questions tells what they were and calls them silly. Well, and I guess if he can remember 141, he probably could get hired. Yeah. I think that's a really fair point, Dana. Yeah. Exactly. Anybody who can take this test – realizes that they would never want to work there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that. true. That's it's true. smart enough to not work there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, the New York Times, reproduced... <gasps> 
they all, published they published Good. all of these questions this that, guy's recollections of yes yeah, yeah this uh, that one mr hansen uh that he said anyway that he could recall <sighs> and it is something to behold i okay, mean it's just okay. it's such Ooh. a weird mix of geography and science and history it sounds fun math oh it is really fun you know oh. like we can <laughs> yes. we can post a link to it maybe on on uh, yeah. our facebook group or something if people want to actually take all these questions i mean even putting myself in the mindset of a 1921 college graduate, graduate. they seem just insanely random and hard yeah. and yet at the same time some of them from today's standard like you know a grade school kid would know them so there's oh, some things that have become range yeah they that have become just in the time since then common knowledge yeah i thought it would be yeah. fun oh yeah yeah, yeah to yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, pull yeah. out uh some of these questions okay. for you guys and just give a sample of of sort of the the easy extremes and the crazy hard okay. extremes here <laughs> i'll give you so some an example of what i mean of some of the easy ones what is the highest mountain just this is these are how these oh, are his phrasing okay. what is the highest mountain Everest. Mount Everest. Yeah. Okay. Like, what country are earthquakes most frequent? And then it's maybe not surprisingly, it's Japan. Japan. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm not trying to trick you here. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. okay. I'm, I'm putting um, myself in a 1920s mindset. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Which, which U.S. president started a speech with the words four score and seven years oh, ago? Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, Abraham. Exactly. Okay. Um, where is Copenhagen? You know, yeah, exactly. So yeah. some of these are like, okay, you know, mm -hmm. average high school student, we would hope, would mm -hmm. maybe know Not some a, of these. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, some of these, like, I don't know why Rhode Island is the smallest state. What is the next smallest? Delaware. It is, in fact, Delaware. Very oh, good. Man. I cannot for the life of me imagine why Thomas Edison thought this was important, that all of his yeah. incoming Worker, hires yeah, 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 know this information. It's just crazy. They know about the world. I'm sure you guys all know, you know, just as easily, you know what state has the largest amethyst mines, right? I mean, sure. you just you have that information. Just I mean, he's a Wyoming readily he's a business guy. He's going to tell you about amethyst mines at some point over breakfast. Here's you hang out with uh, it yeah. is actually uh, Virginia, at at least All as right. of in 1921. <laughs> sure. Yeah, in 1921, Virginia had the largest uh, amethyst mine. Uh, you know, some of the questions actually, uh, we've talked about a good job, Brain. He asked, Really? What is shellac? Oh, oh, it's fun. It's the, the, it's right, the resin from the, the lac beetle, right. Uh, but then some of these, I mean, come on. Name three powerful poisons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one was on the test. I do like Harry Potter. If you were going to murder someone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you learn in college, yeah. friend? Yeah. <laughs> I, bet, I bet, honestly, you guys might even be able to name three of the powerful poisons. Yeah, so arsenic. again, arsenic is one. Like, oh, to okay. death? Yes, like cyanide. Like, a cyanide is oh, one specifically cyanide. cyanide of potassium. I think he would have accepted cyanide. So we got arsenic, cyanide. Yeah, yeah. The third one is a very kind of old timey poison. The one he likes to use. Sorry, I'm going too too old. Uh, uh, he he was looking for strychnine. Oh, okay, uh, oh, yeah. sure. this it's, definitely is this exactly is a biography. One hundred and forty things that I know. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. like, yeah. you know right. what yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Who discovered how to vulcanize rubber? I bet we know this one. We've talked about this. Michelin? Uh, Firestone? You're, you're thinking the right answer. It's, it's uh, <laughs> Charles Goodyear. Charles Goodyear. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you were close. Yeah. You were close. Okay. You're, 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 uh, you're in the right ballpark. <laughs> what are axe handles made of? 
Wood. wood. What? Oh no, that's not good enough for a Thomas Edison, my friend. Uh, if, if you were smart, if you were smart ass enough to say wood, you would get yourself booted out of time. Yeah, like, he is looking for oak. Well, ash is generally used in the east. And hickory in the West. This was somebody's <laughs> grandpa telling you a real cool story on a long train ride. Look at my collection of What a pedantic. On the East Coast. Well, actually, he has some trick questions in here, too, which, I mean, I guess I can't be surprised, you know, that he would throw, you know, so <clears throat> what cereal is used in all parts of the world? Lucky Charms. Rice. rice. You're like I would. I would guess rice. That would be my answer Oats. too, for sure. <clears throat> no cereal is used in all parts of the world. <laughs> well, wheat. Well, sure. Wheat is used sure. extensively <laughs> with rice and corn. Next. Holy. They don't use, they don't use any That's cereal in the article. North Pole. I like how old is he? <laughs> oh my god. This is like a nine-year-old. Oh, oh my god, that is so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm wrong. No cereal. Not, cereal. It was a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> it's all damn you, Edison. Well, it's like you can't tell what level of detail he yeah, wants. Yeah. Like right, right, his axe right. handles. You could argue almost any wood. Yeah, could be an axe handle. No, you, you, you know? have a, you're, you're yeah. hit on that. It's like it's from super precise to kind of just vague. Yeah. yeah. Who invented printing? Oh, Gutenberg. Nobody knows. <laughs> somebody, 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 somebody in China, Japan, or Korea probably first invented in Europe by Coster. You know? Wait a minute. So the guy who recalled the 140, he also got the answer key. This is a combination of the New York Times's answers. Yeah, good question. I'm glad you asked wow. that. Uh-huh. Of what the guy recalled, and the New York Times basically assembling their crack team of answers oh. for but all. Also, of them. I mean, if, if Edison is administering this test in person, he might give oh, yeah. them the answer. Exactly. Like, yes. Yeah. Actually, no serious. I see well, you wrote here. Yeah. Well, that's the second part of it. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Edison to, to tell you to how you're wrong, wrong you are. are. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's he just right. wanted to slap some college kids. He's like, I didn't go to college. Who's smarter? <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, so I mean, so the New York Times they contacted him. You know, they said that an effort was made to get from Mr. Edison or his representatives both a reply to the critics and an authentic list of the questions. And he ba- he basically blew them off. And his uh, assistant said that you know we don't want to make these public. Because then people can cram, you know, for my application exam. I mean, which I suppose is true. So the Times and other papers, they would make a big show of administering the test to just, you know, they took it to college campuses and see how many people. They gave the test to Einstein. Oh. And I guess, you know, Einstein would have failed as well. He's like a physicist. Yeah. Exactly. Like, he doesn't need to know amethyst yeah. minds. Oh, my God. I feel like, you know, at some point you're halfway through the quiz. You're like, wait, t- tell me again the benefits of this job, Mr. Edison. <laughs> it is basically just a, a, a an ego stroking trivia test. It's not a, it's not a yeah. synthesis of knowledge or like a demonstration of expertise. It's just, do you know He trivia? He would be that type and we know that type of pub trivia goers who like has a team of other people like them, but they're not really friends. They just show up to try yeah. to win. Tri- it's like trivia. a business. And Very if, mercenary. And if it shows that they're not going to win, they first leave. place, they leave. Yeah. They don't eat oh. any of the food or they don't <laughs> drink. Yeah. You know, they're very huffy puffy. That's the type. <laughs> All right. Woo. 
That was our test episode. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys, listeners, for listening. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about Edison being a pill, about the pencil, <laughs> about standardized tests, and more. And you can find our show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and more time actually watching and playing what you want with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts.